on this beautiful, cool winter evening where I am. As the light fades to the dark of night, I will arise after we complete this particular section of this course, this retreat. And I will walk into the front hallway of the home, strike a match, and light a candle which Blaine's wife gave to me for my birthday this autumn. Stepping stone to stepping stone from our meeting in this recording to my lighting the wick of the candle. There are gestures we might study of my history and of how I am entrusting myself from this moment to the moment of lighting the candle and into the future, entrusting through my action that in the space of all time around every stepping stone my body is privileged to live, the breath, the cells of my body into life, the great mystery that I call God is around me, within me, around you, within you, around everyone, within everyone, around and throughout everything that has ever been, is, and ever shall be. I entrust myself to that in all directions. Then what occurs is I must have the courage to act, to express as life the quality of the balance of God and myself as humble, dignified human being, as best I am able, this breath, the last breath before this one, into the next breath. At some moment of life, we will hear that I have died, or you have died, or someone close to us has died. The breath has left their body, and yet the still point of eternity, which we have known in our own hearts and those of our loved ones, and those of all of humankind and all beings, and all of the elements which comprise creation, there is something in that which doesn't change. It is real. It is of the holiness so mysterious that no matter how we contemplate it, really the only answer adequate is to find the love of love of love of love of the holy of holies in the still point of eternity in one's heart. <clears throat> and to contemplate from that reverent altar, the divine, to seek it everywhere. And then to find the balance of caretaking your human incarnation beside my human incarnation and mine beside yours and someone in your family if you're privileged to have a family or a neighbor, a loved one, a stranger. So that each one of us on our stepping stone of our body, the body that is conceived and born and alive and will die, rather than say, I am isolated, <clears throat> I am an island, 
we allow the moat, the area around the stepping stone of ourselves, to be a fulfillment bridged by God's grace. And we're studying that. That's part of one's path. Oh, I didn't know it was safe. <clears throat> I wasn't studying what in it is holy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was studying where someone might hurt me, hurt my feelings, judge me with their mind, cause me to step away from my path, threaten me with harm with the power of energy moving through them or the causation of their bullying and their thoughts and their personality and what they're cultivating as ego. And then their feelings would get me all confused and tumbled up and jumbled inside. So I, I don't know what to do except step away out of balance in the stepping stone that is my human incarnation. I go, don't you dare let anyone do that to you. You come to the heart of hearts, the still point of eternity. And from the place within that where you and God dwell as one, allow your next breath to arise of God and of you. And study that. And then in the incarnation that is your stepping stone, in everything that comprises it, your body, the clothing you're privileged to have, a home of any kind if you have a home, the sidewalk or church steps, the homeless shelter for my friends in Gaza, the cardboard or corrugated metal or fine apartment or broken apart apartment. If you're Israeli, please put your gun down. If you're in Gaza, please put the stones down and don't bully the Israelis either. We are doing this together, the whole human race. Well, if we let go of the violence of what one might do to me or I might do to you, who are we then? I go, well, daughters and sons of the Lord who made us all. What shall we do then with Gaza and Jerusalem? The homes of Jesus and Muhammad and the factors of all of the major Western faiths and the directions that go out from there all around the world to the leaders of all of the faiths of history and of the present toward the future. I'm not really interested in betraying how God dwelled in the still point of eternity in Mary. Then we realize, oh, Mary didn't leave that place in herself. My goodness. We have this experience of a woman, a being, vulnerable. We study her pregnancy very deeply. She was 13 to 14 years of age. And then beside her, throughout time, rather than studying the martyrs of history, the sacrificed ones, he killed him, she killed him, she threatened him. Salome asked for John the Baptist's head. He was beheaded. It's true. And yet, the still point of eternity of the heart of the soul of John the Baptist, that is where my attention is. How are he and we all walking through eternity together? 
from history to the present and to the future. It's mysterious, and yet his head is resolved upon his shoulders, and Salome's conscience is resolved to get up and not be a fallen woman and walk in the stepping stone beyond hostility and violence back into the creator from which she arose. What is that like, allowing Salome and John the Baptist to reconcile? That our present into our future is a study of the still point of eternity and a being like Mary and how she went forward after the killing of John the Baptist, after the killing of her son, Yeshua, or Jesus. How did she do this? What was the stepping stone of her very body walking through the world? Why don't we study this rather than all of the places of desecration, sacrilege, hatred into murder, the theology that arises when we harm one another and judge one another is not really the place where the very central point of eternity in our hearts and those of our great saints and sages resides. But we can figure ideas to judge one another so that in sects of the very same religion, we hate one another. I hate your stepping stone. What you believe is not true, is not real. Come back to the place of the still point of eternity in the heart. Allow your next breath to arise. And then as you embrace the movement of mystery within you beyond all harm toward anyone, including yourself, you begin to be met by the grace in God which has guided the founders of our faiths the men, the women, and people comprising these holy families who gave us transmissions, gifts of how to live ethically. Not perfectly, but a kind of map so that we might find our path beside them. But all too often we try to say to one another, if your stepping stone isn't the same as my stepping stone, I'm going to destroy the stepping stone that's your incarnation. This is not an adequate understanding of ourselves. <clears throat> and when we reach the end of our breath, take our last breath upon this earth, and go back into the divine, our stepping stone is gone too. As Jesus was crucified, and then some people say he rose again. As Muhammad died, peace and blessing be upon him. And some say he rose in a chariot up into the heavens. As Moses died, Abraham, Hagar, Sarah, Lao Tzu, Guru Nanak. The stepping stones of their lives are not to guide us to destroy the stepping stones that are one another's incarnations, but rather trying to point us in the direction of the great mystery that was all around them. So they would offer us gestures in 
conversation, virtue, moral example. This is a way that I found from one stepping stone of history to the present toward the future when I was Moses or I was the Pharaoh. And then God would answer them and answer Sarah. And then we tell an iconic story of what happened with the two men. Disease came, pestilence. God acted through the Pharaoh, around him and all of his people, through Moses, through Sarah, and all of their people. How do we explain what happened? It's very hard to explain it. What's happening with the pandemic right now in our world? Very hard to explain it. I know doctors, scientists, veterinarians. We've lost snow leopards, colleagues, friends. And still we're walking through the world alive, still point of eternity in our heart of hearts, where God is seated as one within us, the seed of the tree of life in your very heart, just enough mercy, just enough strength that I am in balance, please. May we pray? Oh, how do I then entrust myself to God in his strength and mercy as I enter the action of the next moment? Well, put aside the weapons of all of our world religions, all of the places where we studied the people who were killed, and the people who killed. And in the center of the heart, in the still point of eternity, allow the breath to arise and contemplate a being who walked through the world in grace. <clears throat> you might choose an ancestor, a brief period of someone's time where you experience them living in a fulfillment of divine practice beyond hostility, someone who is a great being, a great saint or sage or a great peacemaker or person of deep virtue. I've known several Native American elders in the far reaches of the Alaskan bush before there was more than a single, there'd be a single telephone in a village. They would have to work through satellite, usually in the community center and there might be three to five hundred, three hundred to five hundred people, and the elder men would make sure the whole village was fed: salmon, caribou, walrus, rice, tea, berries. The elder women sewing anoraks or jackets and mukluks or boots for the winter for the young men, teaching the young women. Never once did they do anything but have the stepping stone of my incarnation be right in the midst of them. They understood that my body couldn't absorb or be with the cold in the same way, that I needed a slightly different mood of rest and warmth, and yet there was no separation. I contemplated very late last night when I was just before I fell asleep, of how to speak of this one concept. And I was aware of the family I lived with, a Yupik Eskimo family of southwestern Alaska, way in a very remote area. And 
the couple, the parents of the young people I was staying with and the elder grandmother I was staying with, who was a great matriarch, her son and his wife had me come over to their little home next door to the elder and her granddaughter who had been given to her at birth so she could teach the granddaughter the old traditional ways. And the granddaughter's husband, was, who was half, half Yupik and half Laplander, they had me come, Moses and Sasa, to dinner. And Sasa began to weep. She spoke no English, so her husband translated for her. And there was an architect who was a friend of mine. He was romantically interested in me, although he had a longtime girlfriend. So I sort of kept him at arm's length and at the same time was aware that there was a flirtation. And Sasa said to me, this man is not the man to be your husband. Your family is far away, maybe 5,000 miles. And it is my job to be your mother while you are so far from your mother. And she wept and said, this is a good man, but he is not the man for you. So we must ask you not to see him. And I said, all right. And I thanked them. We had our dinner. And I went back to where I was staying with the daughter and son-in-law of Moses and Saul. So on the next day when I walked out, Scott was only there for oh, four days a month, maybe. And so he might make coffee for me and talk at the school and the children would be there to see us because I worked with the kids all through the summer. <clears throat> I said to him, I can't see you anymore here. And I told him why. He said, you're not really going to listen to that, are you? I said, I most certainly am, and you know, you have a girlfriend, so you can be with her. I'm not going to go out with you when I come back to Anchorage. If you have a girlfriend, I, I wouldn't have anyway, but the quality of the nature of his perception of the villagers versus the way in which they were caring for me. Scott, although he was a very good man, was not in the stepping stone facing the direction of my path or his then-girlfriend Sandy's path. It's interesting. We make a million decisions a day which are not on our path. We justify them intellectually. I think I like Beth more than Sandy. You know, I'm thinking of getting married in the next few years. He was probably 35. I was 21. And so Sasa was right in the midst of the stepping stone of her path. And sitting with her, I understood that. She, 5,000 miles from my mother, embodied the very same virtues as my beloved mother. See, we, we can all feel this. God through my mother, through Mother Mary we speak of, through Mother Sasa, through you, through me. We know exactly how to do this. But we must turn to history, <clears throat> not studying desecration, crucifixion, poisoning of the Buddha, harm of a person from another religious faith, not in Muhammad's name, not in Jesus' name, not in the name of Confucius or the women involved with any of these men. 
or the people in the family and communities around them, but rather accept that they were helping us to find a direction historically. And that from the stepping stone, which comprises each of our own incarnations, we must be responsible to dwell in the center of the heart chakra. So the next breath arising is the embodied courage of the human being you are or I am on our paths, always, in eternity, everywhere, throughout space. Then the stepping stone of our incarnation moves with direction, not too strong, not too weak. The history helping guide us to discernment and safety, but never toward violence, never toward the demeaning of the dignity of the depths of the heart of another human being or our own. <clears throat> then God starts to act through us together as one, yet two. One, yet two. And through my mother and Sasa, I entered the next breath. When we studied Mother Mary historically, she left Jerusalem. She came to the area of Ephesus. There are stories that she <clears throat> came into uh, the Greek islands and was turned away. There are stories in uh, Samos and uh, some of the other islands nearby that she landed there and was sent away. Uh, she was with John the, John the Apostle. And so they went to what is now modern-day Turkey. They went to Ephesus south of Constantinople or Istanbul on the coast, quite a ways south. And the people in Ephesus had a devotion to Artemis, a goddess of wisdom. I believe she's Minerva in the Roman tradition. She's called Artemis in the Greek language. And they used to have a huge statue of her there in ancient days. And they just contemplated the idea of the feminine aspects of the universe and the divine and were receptive which is one of the gifts of the feminine so they were receptive to her oh mary <clears throat> she appears to have had a sun god s-u-n a sun god is her son s-o-n she appears to have had a child who was somehow related to heaven as her child well we could handle her here we could allow a woman who somehow in her heart of hearts and womb has done something profound. Whether we believe in her son or not, we accept the place in her where the still point of eternity dwells. She can come and live here. And she's known to have resided up in the hills above Ephesus until her death. <clears throat> you could still visit this extraordinarily beautiful place, a small stone building that's been reconstructed from the rocks and things there that were in ruins for a long time, but people have devotionally tended that area for several thousand years, and there is a spring of clean water below it, and a feeling, an experience, and the depths of the heart where the still point of eternity exists. In recent years, religious leaders from all over the world have come and said, yes, this is the place where she lived. 
Roman Catholic Church, Archbishop of Canterbury from the Anglican or Episcopal Church, the Orthodox Patriarch. There's no fighting among them from that beautiful, tiny stone home. Where we breathe historically, oh, the stepping stone that was Mary, the stepping stone that is me. Oh, John the Apostle lived in Ephesus until he was 97 years old and is buried there. Oh, stepping stone, John the Apostle. Oh, and buried next to him, the stepping stone of his long-time life companion, who was the scribe who wrote down John's teachings, the Gospel, the New Testament of Christianity of John, the Book of Revelations of John, which were written on the island of Patmos. Why don't we study the place in Mary where the still point of eternity exists? Some people do. My mother did very deeply. I continue to do so. Why don't we study the place in the heart of hearts where John the Apostle studied the still point of eternity? Interestingly, he's the only apostle who stood <clears throat> with Jesus at the cross. He's the only one who wasn't martyred. A great mood occurs in us when we speak in these ways. And then we tend to feel with all the parts of our incarnation, what do I do next? Well, <clears throat> what we do next is from history, we entrust ourselves to the place in the center of the heart where the still point of eternity exists. We let the next breath arise until it's our last breath, which will arise into the heavens. And then we enact in every breath into moment, every breath into moment through all space, our incarnation is privileged to call our life. We enact heaven on earth beyond all harm, beyond all violence. We address that, our path, calling out for this in each other, in every single human being. And then when there's a large scar, like the one I spoke of with China and Tibet, it somehow resolves through millions of people over 500 years. Smaller scars from our parents or our classmates or our childhood. They dissolve into the mystery of grace, allowing them to be transformed into the sacred pathway. It is the path of your destiny, your purpose, your quiet ecstasy and joy in God, the reason why we are here together. You will need discernment at times to call self-respect forward or respect for another being. But when you lose your way <clears throat> in causation and judgment and hostility and action, come back, come right back to the still point of the, the eternity in the center of the heart. Allow the next breath to arise and let grace move through you as it did so profoundly and comprehensively in Mother Mary. Call on the saints and sages of the universe 
who have been able to, whether known or not known historically, who've been able to embody aspects of this principle. May I be protected and guided in all ways by God. May the great saints and sages of history, the present and the future, walk beside me as family. Ah, my present breath, let's go into the still point of eternity being safe in my heart of hearts as we all walk together in this beautiful capacity of the human civilization serving God everywhere, always one's path in balance.